saw what you did. I saw it with my own two eyes. <gasps> All that is necessary for evil to prosper is for good men or Phil Collins to do nothing. Or his we friend. find out uh, just before recording today that for your for your hump day episode, as it were, that uh, Micah knows a bunch of depressing stories to tell us before we record a happy show about yes. classic rock. Yeah, but this isn't supposed to be a happy show anyway. So I'm th- I think Micah really set the mood because this is this is it. This is when shit goes down. You know, Theon yeah. shows his true colors. Yes, Ale Belly is dead. Everybody. Well, yeah, yeah, I hate that. So we'll find out until later, but wait, just to drop it. Let's yeah, just talk about everything bad say. right now. <laughs> Let's get this out of our system. Alebelly is dead. Hodor's face is smashed in. Micken dead. Probably dead. drowned on his own blood. Mm-hmm. He was stabbed through the back of the neck he with a shut spear up. point. What I would mean, you do? What would yeah, you do? I know. Well, well, well when my friends do? don't shut up, I just embrace it. Uh, you embrace them or it? I wouldn't stab them. So would you embrace us transitioning into talk about um, Theon taking over Winterfell and being the ass we all know he is? I would if there wasn't such an amazing sequence at the very beginning of the chapter featuring Bran inside of his wolf. Well, that is yeah. amazing. <laughs> See, I was not expecting this chapter to happen just now because it's a Bran chapter. We've had Theon chapters in this book, and I just assumed... The chapter when he sacks Winterfell would be a Theon one. Yeah, that's actually a very good point, Eric. I was wondering the same thing. Why the, I mean, I don't mind this part being from Bran's perspective, but I was really missing something leading up to them taking Winterfell from Theon's perspective. Kind of like a Catelyn chapter, like setting it all up. But I guess mm-hmm. it, it did make it surprising because if it was Theon's perspective, we would have obviously known it was coming. But because it was Bran's, yeah. you didn't know it was coming. But otherwise, it just starts out like a regular Bran chapter. He's yeah. inside his wolf. He's inside his wolf. He's padding along in the forest. Some there's a fence he can't get into because he doesn't have opposable thumbs. So he's mm-hmm. not tall enough, and he can't climb a tree. That's the last five branch chapters. Uh, right there. Until it kind of worries <laughs> me. That it's kind of I. I wonder why. Um, ghost? No, snow? No, summer? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why summer couldn't? Um, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> why summer ghost, couldn't? No, summer. Um, Gumshoe, Speedy, Flash, Spider Man. Okay, why summer could not sense that the people were coming? You know, all those people, they must smell of the sea or something. He should have been in the air tonight. <laughs> they should have felt <laughs> so it coming. Excited. I know. Yes. <laughs> this song is going to be here throughout the episode. We're going to have the episode today for best callback to beginning of the episode. <laughs> yep. Thank you very much. Well, I think that's exactly why this chapter had to be from Brand's perspective was because how else would you really get a an interesting look inside somebody taking over Winterfell. I mean, I just don't see it being as interesting coming from, let's say, Theon's perspective, because with Bran, you get inside of Summer, but then you also are able to tie back to what Jojen told him a couple of chapters ago, which was that, you know, the sea was going to come over the walls of Winterfell. And it's proven true, even in that moment, the moment that you've been waiting for yeah. all your life. Thank you. life. No, and then they all <laughs> Is right? that where you paused? Someone drowned in the story. Even in that moment between Bran and Jojen, you know, where Jojen just kind of looks at him as they're entering the hall to to basically say in no words at all, but, hey, I told you so, and here we are. Oh, quiet up, you frog eater. No. Oh man, the Walders were so happy about this. They were like, "Bran, I guess what this means, buddy, that we don't like is you're not a prince any longer. You're just a hostage." So, mm, sorry. And Bran mm. was like, "So are you, and you smell." 
<laughs> it's just Schadenfreude or whatever you whatever it's called. Yeah. It's just like they're so jealous of Bran. Damn phrase. I can feel I, I, it coming in the. Okay, go on. <laughs> I can hear tonight. the drink coming in the air tonight. Oh no! Um, I just thought it was the coolest thing. Like Bran is looking out his window, and there's the still dogs. He wakes up. Dogs are howling from his dream because mm. he howled earlier. And basically, just somebody comes into his room, and it's not who he's expecting. And all of a sudden, Theon shows up, and he's and just like, "Such a bitch!" Hey, hey, Bran, what's up? And he just sits down on his bed. And Bran's in bed, and he's like, "So uh, you're gonna yield Winterfell to me?" He's such and, a douche. Uh, I can't. I mean, even if even if you like Theon, and even if you feel bad for him because of what happens later in this in this moment, he's a douche. You have to admit it. You have to. Do I? Yes, you do. Do yes. I? You do. Because you I was do. looking forward to the prospect, and this is way too soon in this episode. But I am so glad that I can give Theon an own without breaking my own rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Theon that was the best been, part of it being a brand chapter. Uh, Theon has been um, waiting for this moment for all his life. All his life. I have oh, been waiting has. for this moment oh, for all life. But oh, it's, it's true. Look, Theon, and 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 there are many other examples in this chapter where he not only causes a lot of uh, strife and is a douche or an asshole, whatever you call him, but seals his own fate in in many ways, like giving a sword to Reek. But you know what are you gonna do? Uh, it just kind of, it's, it's a train wreck. You can't look away, right? It's just like, what's going to happen now? And, you know, fortunately, look, I know we've seen the TV show. So a lot of the suspense, maybe it is ruined really, um, for us here in terms of, do we really fear for Bran's life? Because it seems like if Bran yields Winterfell, I, I don't think Theon ever makes any promises, but you just don't think that anything's going to happen. In fact, um, Theon doesn't want any death count. He's the one telling Bran, oh yeah, you should yield because then a lot of people will be saved and even Lewin can't disagree. He's like, you got to do what's best for the little people mm-hmm. um, on behalf of the little people. So I, I think there there doesn't appear to be this great threat of bloodshed um, with the exception of the people who've obviously died defending Winterfell, um, you know, the handful of, of guards that, that there were. Although most of Winterfell is vacant, it seems like it's a, a service that, that Theon did, you know, to them, getting all their men out of Winterfell before taking it over. Of course, it's cowardly because that's the only time he could take Winterfell over. But, you know, the, perhaps there hasn't been as, as much bloodshed as there could have been so far. Well, there's still fighting going on. That's a way on. to look at it. Mm-hmm. it. It's not like there's not a battle taking place at Torrent Square. Uh, I see. So, yes, I... I you're you're trying to paint him in this semi good light here, and I'm sorry, it's no, not going to no, work. No, 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 it's not. It's, it's what I will say is it is smart, it's tactical, and it works. And you know, we hear about Dagmar Clefjaw being the one leading the charge down in Torren Square, but I think on the part of advisors like Roderick Cassell and Maester Lewin to leave Winterfell unprotected is absolutely moronic, and I can't I know, really believe that they did it. And I, I don't know, care how so protected it is in terms of its walls. It's still something that you wouldn't expect to happen. But it's just so – like what did they – did they think that nobody – that everyone else was so busy fighting a war that they wouldn't think to come there and take Winterfell? Like I don't I don't understand why they wouldn't mm-hmm. – I, I know they need men for the war and I know they're thinking if we lose the war, all is lost. So we might as well go all out. But they must know if they lose Winterfell, it's all over too. I mean, the other troops should withdraw if they're losing the wall and protect Winterfell. No, the war, mm-hmm. not the wall. 
Uh, well, I, I really think it's it's a uh, conflict or it's just interesting to see different people view the importance of Winterfell differently. The people north of the wall, is it um, – sorry, Corrin Halfhand who says, oh, yeah, the people from Winterfell, they're our best bet. You know, They're going to help us out if we ever need anything north of the wall here where we are. But Catelyn notes in one of her previous chapters – the singers and the people who would normally come to towns and give it some culture don't even bother making the trip all the way up to Winterfell half the time because it's so far north. It just kind of – it gets forgotten in some crucial ways like singers not coming. Um, You know, people just don't really think of it where, you know, the people in the north are relying on it. It is that holdfast. It's a very strategically sound place. It's as far as you can go north without – you know, being at the wall, it's the biggest, next biggest thing. So it is strategic. It is important to take, but it's relatively easy because people forget about it. It's up where it's cold. It's not quite the wall, but it's, it's close. You know, people forget about it because it's cold. It's bitter. It's, uh, and, and for so long, the Starks have not been contested. Mm. It's not specifically stated when the last war at Winterfell was, but you can imagine it would have been a couple hundred centuries ago with the old men. Uh, and Brandon the Builder had to rebuild. But to me, it's I don't I don't want to say it's stupid, but it it's just it's not smart because Bran is crippled and he's a young kid. Rickon is even younger, and those are the two who would be next in succession if Rob were to die. You want to protect those two kids as much as you possibly can, and to just recklessly go off and fight. Dagmar Clefjaw down in Torin Square, and I understand that, yes, something needs to be done, but it, to me, it just, it, it, it actually ties back to Catelyn at the end of the last chapter when she was afraid, despite the success that Edmure and Rob were having. It's almost like you said on Monday's episode, she has a sixth sense about her. And I think it, it has, it relates to her children, and mm-hmm. this is proof of that. Yeah. True. I think it comes down to the size of the threat. You know, old Nan went as far as to call Dagmar Clefjaw a war chief. <laughs> I just think that they were so shocked and Theon's plan went so well that they didn't really think very much and they sent all that they had to protect somewhere. Plus, Dagmar Clefjaw is, is kind of, you know, he's feared. He's got that, that name about him. He's a little obscure. You know, why would he be in Torrance Square? The mystery surrounding it all kind of clouds their judgment. Um, and they have to go to like fend him off and it prevents them from thinking, what does this mean? You know, Balan Greyjoy has, as far as many people are concerned, probably just, you know, withered away and, and has become a shell of what he once was. True, he, he tried rebelling once, which means he should pop up on certain people's radar, but it really comes out of the blue. Theon's, and, and in fact, I mean, I don't even think Balan knows, although Theon says Balan is coming, which is interesting. I wonder if he's told him that he's going to sack Winterfell. Theon has gone off the the plan uh, himself, and and it strikes everybody kind of in the right way uh, off, you know, as 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 not being something they have prepared for. One thing just to note there, though, that while you tie it to Balin, this is Theon's plan. This is mm-hmm. not in Balin's plans at all. You know, Theon is taking this upon himself to go and take Winterfell just so that he looks better. In the eyes of his father. Yeah, but doesn't he say in this chapter that his father's coming up? So hasn't he? Do you think at this point he's told him already? Well, they certainly mm-hmm. know now after he's spoken with Bran, and he didn't make a very bold claim of it when they brought all the people into the hall. So you know, I'm sure that the word's getting out. Yeah, uh, Eric, you actually mentioned before though, Reek, and 
It's really the story of Theon's overconfidence at this point. He's not being careful. You know? He's like, I just sacked myself uh, a Winterfell. So I just sacked myself every- a Winterfell. <laughs> so, so everyone that comes in and offers uh, loyalty, I'm just going to give him a sword. It doesn't matter if you were in the dungeons smelling like a thousand mm-hmm. dungs. Mm-hmm. No, uh, smelling like you fucked a pig Reeking is what like, Theon says. That's know? what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> smelling like you just effed a pig. Uh you know, let's get this man a sword. Come on, he wants to fight for my cause. And and this is just the moment where knowing who Reek really is and knowing what is about to happen, the fact that Theon frees this man, gives him a sword to fight with, is very extremely poetic irony uh, or dramatic I irony, I guess. It's, it's, it's poetic. so... This chapter just, excuse my pun, reeks of foreshadowing. Like, it's just <laughs> insane. Like, it's, you know, when you know what's happening, I love it because this isn't... That doesn't happen until much later in the, in the books. Everything with Reek and Theon. So the fact that they, that George R. R. Martin is clearly setting it up now and it's clearly like, you know, you can just see himself giggling to himself when he's writing this, you know? Yeah. It's well, true. And it's mostly because the dialogue that they're having yeah, together Yeah, yeah, like is... how Theon comments on his smell and he's like, you know, I... It's, it's great because in the show, we didn't really get to have this part of it. But here in the book, we get to see that Theon is himself being his douchey asshole-ish... Mm-hmm. Ass, not ash, asshole-ish self to this guy... And later on, this guy is going to get some kind of revenge for it. So it's, it's, yeah, it reeks, but I mean, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> he just exudes overconfidence, I feel like, Theon. And even in that scene with Osha, Brand notes that he's really disappointed in her. But you have to wonder is this another instance of Theon being overconfident? Oh, yeah. Knowing. Osha and her feelings for Bran and Rickon. Right. Well, we know because we've seen the show, but I feel also as an adult, even reading in the child's perspective, we can kind of understand that Bran is seeing this as a real pledge of allegiance to Theon. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to know using any kind of assembled wit that these people, Reek and Osha, are doing what they need to do in order to survive while Mm -hmm. these people are in charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And just to touch on what Selena said about Reek... We've seen a lot of these things being included in chapters that, you know, Zach, you pointed out, we didn't necessarily get to see in the TV show. And I think that even goes back to the last chapter with Catalan, where you're, you're seeing the day to day. You're seeing the actual battle plans take shape and you're seeing some of the, the actual physical, um, combat as well. Whereas you just can't get all of that, um, you know, in, in 10 episodes. It's just impossible. And, that's what's so great about going mm-hmm. through the books. And also how early a lot of this stuff is happening. You know, I feel like yeah. we're getting more than, l- let's say, what we saw on TV in season two. Oh, well, definitely. And I think that's one of the greatest parts of these books is that everything is such a slow burn and everything is so properly set up, including Bran's warging abilities. And and now in this chapter, it just felt so different because I felt like Bran had so much more knowledge about what he's doing. So like when he woke up after the wolf fell out of the tree, he was trying to climb that he remembered he could climb as a kid. You know, this is it's just it felt like a much different experience because now that slow burn is getting hotter. Like now, OK, we know that he's actually not really even technically dreaming. He's just running around as a wolf while he sleeps. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it is. And and he even like sits up, brushes himself off and says, I hope Summer didn't hurt himself when he fell. Yeah, like this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oops, he likes uh, it. remind me to give Summer an extra treat for that. It's like 
How would, how would you feel being summer, like returning to consciousness in midair as you're falling and being like, man, I'm going to kill that kid. It's true. <laughs> but you know, it's it's great. And it, that's another thing that this uh, sacking of Winterfell serves as well. It's just making Bran 100% confident in what Jojen is saying to him. Because he knows now that Jojen sees what's happening. Yeah, he points it out. Every yeah. time somebody gets news of somebody else's death, he's like, oh yeah, Jojen predicted yeah. that. And poor Bran. Um, Can we just remember that Bran is like an eight-year-old child sitting there watching his friends and family, like the people that it could have be his family, be murdered right in front of him? It is fate. Like, Jesus. It, it, he, he is the king of Winterfell or the, the reigning prince. He's the Castellan, whatever they call that. Um, you know, he's in charge of Winterfell. So ultimately it is his responsibility. I do feel bad that he's eight. And has this responsibility. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm just saying the fact that he's seeing these people die right in front of him. That must be terrible. Like, it's not, I don't know about his responsibility. I don't think he can do anything right now. Like, he could do nothing but yield. You know what I mean? He can, well, he can choose to yield or he can choose to incite his people into war with Theon's yeah. people. But he actually, I mean, that's what he would done. And that's what every, like, I think person's instinct would not be to yield it would be to try to defend it with whatever way you could but he does decide to yield you know he does try to protect his people and then still having to see them all be killed it's just dreadful it really is one question i had for you guys was who do you think the voice is in his dream it's it's hard to really gauge though i mean is it his instinct is it the three-eyed raven speaking to him is he the three-eyed raven and there's so many questions because we what know that all is this voice saying now I, I i did certainly read but i i didn't think it was terribly uh revealing or or anything like that i mean i thought so so what, what all does this voice say well i don't have it memorized yeah i, I mean i, I think he just up. said like return Zach, that was what you're supposed like to do for this episode My how bad. did you how did you not remember yeah you had lines exactly Zach, what the on. voice was saying shit let me look it up um, quiet on set guys but i but i think it's a i think <laughs> it's a guiding voice more than anything else right i mean i mean it, absolutely it always seems to point them in a direction of either safety or you know towards something that needs to be found out and i, I don't really know at this point i i don't like you said zach it could be something that's just kind of his own intuition and his own conscience that's speaking to him which would be weird to be inside a wolf and then also hearing that wolf's thoughts mm. okay snarling i have it here snarling he paced back and forth in front of the gate then threw itself at it once more it moved a little and slammed him back locked something whispered chained the voice he did not hear the scent without a smell the other ways were closed as well so Something tells him that this well, thing sometimes, is Well, sometimes... No, I, I think that's Bran. I think that's Bran's consciousness. Yeah. I always think that when whenever he hears the mm -hmm. voice, it's summer. It's summer. Bran is in summer, but his own consciousness is, is there as well. And that's what summer is hearing a voice in his head. It's like both of them are processing each other. Yeah, it's like because the wolf doesn't really have the knowledge to go, okay, well, that fence is locked. That mm. gate's locked. So I need to find a way around the gate being locked. But Bran's like, oh, he's bringing his human intelligence to tell him about this lock he's like oh it's locked so that's cool i like that i just think that there are a lot of uh interesting theories about that i mean one that we didn't bring up is could it be jojen just because we know that he seems to have this very mm -hmm. odd tie to bran and to the dire wolves as well and he it talks about be. these dreams uh quite regularly i still think it's bran's own thoughts but you're right. Maybe it's also Jojen. Maybe it's a mix. But all in all, I mean, this was a pretty short chapter. Yeah, but a very eventful one. 
Oh, yes. Very eventful chapter. Lots of things mm. happened. And I think this goes back to kind of what I said in the past about this book when I was talking about, well, I want to see things from Rob's perspective sometimes. And Eric was like, well, I think it would have been cool to see Theon, you know, sneak into Winterfell and capture the city. But this is another one of those chapters where something happened off screen, I guess we could say, mm -hmm. or off page. Now we're charged with dealing with that falling action. So it's mm -hmm. it's more story-like and poetic-y this way, I think, if that's a word. Because, you know, the action, it happens. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, this is, uh, once again, yet again, in this week, uh, part of the show where we will transition very, very smoothly into the section where we talk about our owns. Yes. Uh, I've already stated what mine would be, but here's a quote from the book. <laughs> Bran cupped his hands around his mouth. He's shouting out his window, Hodor! <laughs> but when the door crashed open behind him, the man who stepped through... Was no one brand new. He wore a leather jerkin sewn with overlapping iron discs and has carried a dirk in one hand and an axe strapped to his back. What do you want? Bran demanded, afraid. This is my room. You get out of here. Theon Greyjoy followed him into the bedchamber. We're not here to harm you, Bran. Theon just walks into the room. I was not ex- He just walks in. It's already been done. He's already taken the city. He just walks into his bedroom and says, Oh, I think, we're uh, I think running this place. I think Eric now. is confusing owning with, like, sucking- <laughs> no, being stupid. No. Wow, that Theon was just rough. walks in and says, Come on. Bran is in charge of Winterfell. Bran is in charge of Winterfell. Theon just walks right up, waltzes in his bedroom door. And yeah. says, okay, Bran doesn't have any legs. Like, it doesn't have use of his legs. It's not a very hard thing to, to sneak up on him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but he just casually waltzes. He I can because Bran like, isn't going to charge on him. I'm imagining like a flowing gown, just like oh god. Actually, I am too, like a dress. Our listeners Think. are going to literally stab you <laughs> when they see you. They're going to string you up and uh, go Theon lover, and then they'll yeah. hurt you. You'll but maybe like, you'll have, you'll like have like your own defenders. Look, look, there are hundreds of owns across all sides of the board. Good guys, bad guys, owning each other all the well, time in this world. I thought the fact that Theon just showed up and walked in the door right then and there, and it was totally unexpected. By everybody. Okay. Um, that was an own. I get Fair it. Enough. No, I, get I have it. a I have a counter own to that because I I gotta give it to the real hero of this chapter, Micken, who died tragically, <laughs> who um, had the most brilliant, which I hundred percent agree with. When Theon raised his hands for quiet, you all know me. I we know you for a sack of steaming dung. <laughs> shouted Micken. Yep. You go, Micken, forever. Rest in peace. Hashtag. Rest in peace, Micken. You will be missed by all. I, I have to give my own of this chapter to the raven that safely made it away to White Harbor. Mm. Carrying the news of what had just taken place at Winterfell. <laughs> Two ravens diverged in the wood. Only um, one made it. Well, uh, my own was exactly the same thing as Selena's, so yes. I will bow out Double this own. chapter. I I don't really know what else could be better than that. He shouted at Theon while he sacked Winterfell as he was standing in mm -hmm. there with all those nasty men from the Iron Islands. And he said, you're a sack of steaming dung. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really can't top that. And I welcome you guys to aggregate yourselves in email or Twitter form and try to beat something like that. Well, guys, I mean, just, you know, so that we're on the same uh, side here, I, I do agree with you about Micken owning Theon, but that's the thing about these owns, there are many of them, and they can come from both sides. Uh, so, very nicely, we want to remind our listeners that regardless of what you think of Theon Greyjoy, or Micken, 
or Bran or anybody or in these chapters of these books that we are reading, <laughs> you can feel free to submit an own, and you can give anybody the own. You get an own, and you get an own, and you get an own, wherever you want it to go. And of course, do this in remembrance of the own, but also to Twitter dot com slash game of owns on Twitter. That's our favorite place to collect owns from you. If you have a longer format own, maybe you need to explain a little bit about how much I suck at liking Theon so much. Aww. Email us at contact at gameofowns.com. Notice how I'm not giving my personal web address. But uh, additionally, we want to remind you, you can scroll on our wall, facebook.com slash gameofowns, our Facebook wall. We want to see owns on there as well, if possible. But, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about Facebook and uh, mentioned scrolling upon our wall. And, uh, you know, we did make a post about the uh, chapters we were reading uh, this week. And while it is great that uh, Tanya, Alicia, Jennifer, Alan, Johnny, Meredith, Stephen, and Grisha liked this post... We want to know what your owns were. Don't just like Calling the damn Calling you post. out by name. <laughs> scroll. It's a serious scroll business, the guys. damn wall. Yeah, it takes a little scrolling to like, I think. Just a little bit. But it's so. not what we want, Zach. Come on. Well, I've got here, I'm reading a message because some people, we, we've got a handful of messages sent to us. And uh, we've got one here from Stephanie Tenfoil Hat that says, I'm catching up on the podcast. You guys were discussing why they didn't use a shadow baby at King's Landing. I'm not sure if someone else has mentioned this, but Melisandre was not at Blackwater Bay Battle. I would like to think that this is why there was no shadow baby there. Hmm. Yeah, but the shadow baby that attacked uh, Sir Courtney Penrose could have been used at King's Landing. She yeah, could have, she could have saved her. it up. Remember, it's mentioned that Stannis didn't really need to uh, take Storm's End. He just wanted to do that to uh, obviously get Edric Storm and then just to have said that he did he it. He didn't back down. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, the thing with King's Landing, dude, doesn't Davos convince uh, Stannis to leave Melisandre behind and she's bitter about it and she blames him for it later? Um, yep. But ultimately, like, if she had been like, hey, you know what happened with Sir Courtney Penrose? I can make that happen again at King's Landing. He would have been like, bring her. Shut up, Davos. Yeah, cer certainly something to keep in mind. So thank you for submitting that to us. We also get messages like this from Christine Wood. She says, Hodor for the Iron Throne. That's about it. Yeah. That's all we got. Hodor so. got some iron in this chapter. Yes, well, he did. Yeah, that's not cool. You know, keep in touch with us. That's what these things are made for. I don't it's like true. people who, uh, who beat up on uh, Hodor. That's that's just not acceptable. In his face. I just wanted to uh, to point out we did get this uh, this cool tweet from Lolo one one seven who said, "Listening to the Game of Thrones commentary of season one, episode one of Game of Thrones, hopefully, will make this hour go really fast." Wow, we hope it did. Yeah, and we have lots more where those came from. If you need more hours to pass, <laughs> <laughs> we do. Friday is approaching, and we all know what that means. Another. Episode Friday. of the show. Another episode. What? That's about it. <laughs> we just full of surprises today. Uh, I thought we were just going to get shit faced on uh, take the black stout and record a show and see what happens. I want to try those so badly, but I'm discriminated against. It's good. I'm beyond the wall. There's no stout beyond the wall. Only ice and fire and death and death. <laughs> good night, everybody. Or good morning.
starting. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? This is I your racing heart. In can the you feel it? Night. Can you feel it? Okay, go on. That's start. a very depressing <laughs> song, song, by the way. I like Jim. the song, though. Yeah. No, by the one Eric was singing. Oh, okay. Yeah, they play that um, every at Mizzou. At the zoo? At Mizzou. Oh, I thought at the zoo. <laughs> the zoo, they love it. Yes. <laughs> okay. it's got, the only thing cool about that song is the drums. That... Boom, 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 bo